Hi and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a community for Australian women in small business to connect and support each other. In this podcast, we bring you the real stories of women in small business. We discuss their unique journey to small business success. We dig deeper into their story, the challenges they've faced and the support that has played a vital role along the way. And they share with us their business expertise and knowledge so that you can do the same. It's time to chat candidly about creating and building a business on your own terms. Very excited today to welcome Denise Duffield-Thomas to the catch-up. Um, I'm sure many of you already know Denise, but for those who may not, Denise is the money mindset mentor for the new wave of entrepreneurs. Her books, Lucky Bitch, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and the newly published Chillpreneur give a fresh and funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life and business. And Denise helps women create wealth through her mindset courses and practical wisdom on releasing money blocks. Welcome to the catch-up, Denise. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. It's always wonderful to chat to a fellow Australian, which sounds really strange, right, because I'm Australian too, but um, a lot of my business is actually in America. And so I speak to Americans all day long, and then it's it's awesome when I get to speak to a fellow Australian because I'm yeah. so passionate about women in Australia really taking control of their money mindset. Fantastic. Well, it's awesome to have you here. And before, mm. we're really interested in talking about money blocks, but before we do, I wanted to share a quote that I came across from you, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. So the quote was, the rules have changed and now is the time for women to embrace success, freedom and abundance on our own terms. The world needs more empowered, wealthy women to start businesses, build communities and have a positive impact on the world. I think it's, I, think, I, I love it. It's everything that I'm about and that She Will Shine is about. Um, so I just wanted to share that with our community. But I really wanted to ask you, before we got into the money mindset stuff, how is it that you started your business? So I actually started businesses when I was a kid. So I um, was born in Manly in Sydney. I grew up on the Central Coast. And my mum was was pretty much always on single parent pension. And I remember feeling as a kid, you know, that lack of money, what that did to her and the lack of freedom that that having that... And I actually, I have this strong memory of being in like a Centrelink office. I don't know if it was called Centrelink back then in the 80s and her being really nervous and this man, you know, asking all these questions. And I was sitting there thinking, terrified because I was thinking, what's going to happen? Are we not going to have enough money to eat or pay rent? And I, I really carried that with me from a very young age. And so I thought I'm going to make my own money. And I actually didn't know what business was really I didn't really I didn't really get that because I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family um but I had this you know really strong feeling that I needed to be independent and even now you know this we've got an election coming up a lot of people are talking about um you know struggling parents struggling women and I just I'd love to get to a space where so many more women can be independent and not have to worry about when when things change and when governments try and take entitlements away from women um so my earliest business i was trying to sell wetsuit bracelets 
Yeah. Wet I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I made them and I, I rode around on my bike and I would, I don't know where I had this courage because I think a lot of women lose their courage, right? You know, but at the yeah. start I was just like, I've got this awesome thing and I want to share it with people. So I rode around um, the council estate on my bike and I just went up to groups of kids and I was like, hey, look at my cool bracelet. <laughs> you want to buy my bracelet? Um, and that was really cool. And then I was just the sort of kid who was always trying new things. So I, um, by that stage, my mom had married someone who had a, a property at, with some horses on it. So I said to all my friends, we're going to sell horse poo. We're gonna <laughs> so I got them to come over and we shoveled horse poo. And we, got, we got sick of it and we never ended up doing it. So I was like, we're going to do a garage sale. Everyone bring your stuff to our house. And, you know, after a couple of months, my mom was like, what is all this crap? <laughs> Let's get rid of it. And then I was like, um, my mom bought me a typewriter, a little typewriter for my ninth birthday. And I was, I sold, this is bad. I sold fake Kylie Minogue letters for five dollars to people. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yes, because I said, "Oh, she's my cousin, and I can get your fan letter." So I typed it up and then signed her name. And um, so I was, was just Kylie Minogue's watching. watching. I'm sure you. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, but for me, you know, you think, "Oh, cool, that's just being a kid." But my twenties were like that too. I was. Like, I'm going to be a dating coach. Um, and then, oh, I'm going to write movie reviews. Oh, I'm going to do um, a green smoothie blog. So that's what I spent my 20s doing too, like doing these random business ideas. And to be honest, if I was really, really honest with myself and what I really wanted to do, I wanted to be Oprah. You know, yeah. I watched Oprah my whole life, but I just didn't think that inspiring people or motivating people was an actual job. Yeah. I didn't even know that there was a world of life coaching until probably my late twenties. And I was like, Oh, this could be the thing. I just want to help people. Yeah. Um, so that was my, my journey to business. Um, but it's still, it's still driven by that need for financial independence. But now I, you know, I have that now. Now I want other women to experience yeah. that too. Yeah. And it sounds like that one experience as a child has really motivated you to evolve and find what it is you're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also I just never gave up, you know, I always just thought, Oh, there's a, there's a perfect business idea out there for me. I just have to find it. Find it. And it's frustrating when you're yeah. experimenting, but if that's your dream, keep going. Yeah. Do you think you would be where you are now if it wasn't for all those experiences along the way? I have thought about this a lot. I think I still am someone who would have found a path to entrepreneurship because because I, I hate working for someone else. But I do think there is an extra layer for me of I understand what it's like to have to, you know, clean houses. I understand what it's like to have the guilt around making money because maybe your parents didn't make any money. So I think, um, you know, even though at times growing up I was like, this is so, this sucks, it's so unfair. I actually you know, if you believe everything happens for a reason, I do believe that that has helped me a lot and it's helped me to be compassionate towards other women too. And has that changed since you've had kids, do you feel? Oh, yeah. yeah. For me, yes. I, um, as soon as I had my first baby, and by that stage, you know, I had a, a, a decent-sized business. I just thought, how do people do this without resources, without money, without support? It opened my eyes. You know, I was thinking oh my God, there are women around, you know, I just went through birth. There are women on the other side of the world who 
are doing this on a tarp, you know, or in a dirty hospital. Um, It made me, it just opened my eyes to what women um, have to deal with in the world, to be honest, when we're responsible for children. Because in my 20s, you know, I didn't have much money. Uh, You know, I didn't care. I lived in shitty apartments. I was like, whatever, this is so much fun. It wasn't until I had kids I was like, oh, wow, the world's a bit unfair for women. Yeah, yeah, see things differently. Yeah, yeah. For me, definitely, absolutely. And even now too, I, um, I'm not so worried about my own kids because I just think, guys, you're growing up in Australia, you're growing up wealthy and white yeah. and I'm not worried about I've you. I've got things but, covered yet. Yeah, you guys are fine. Yeah. But it's like, oh, but I just, I want to help, I want to help as many women as I can. And also I want to do it in a way that's sustainable for me so I can role model that for other people. And that's kind of, yeah. you know, the whole theme of my new book is don't burn yourself out find your path of least resistance. And I, I struggle with it. I, I'm really honest. I, I struggle with it because, you know, I feel like I've nailed it in one area of my life and then I'm like, oh, this is a new lesson. Thanks. Great. Yeah, yeah. And I see that. I see that constantly. So we have, you know, with the women in that community as well. And a lot of um, self-sabotage, especially when it comes to money and pricing and things like that. So how can we identify, Denise, when we are, when we're coming up against these money balls, because it's hard when you're so deeply entrenched in it, it may be easy for someone to see it from the outside, but how do we realise it on the inside? I think it's when you see your points of resistance, you know, what feels icky to you, that's a really good sign, you know, and it could be, you know what, I hate sending out invoices and it feel, I feel like I'm going to vomit, right? So it could be something like that, or it could be asking for money in the first place. What I want people to do as they're listening, think about um, times from your own childhood where you've made a decision about money. We have universal ones, you know, especially, um, you know, our kind of era generation of women. We were told from a very young age um, at birthday parties, don't tell anyone your dreams or they won't come true. So that's a big one. So a lot of people struggle with goal setting. Because yeah, they don't think it's going to come true. Most of us, our very first interaction with money was told that money was dirty. Don't put it in your mouth. Money is dirty. I didn't remember that until I did that to my own kid. Yeah. And then Isn't I was it like, interesting oh. how, yeah, you echo the behavior of your parents. And it's just Absolutely. when you hear it coming out of your mouth, they're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So look at those things. And so then we've got cultural money blocks. So, you know, if you grew up in America, I think you often have the work hard mentality a lot in australia and this is generalities but of course if you feel out of step to the culture where you grow up then you you know then you feel weird anyway but we've got this thing in australia around equality and mateship and fairness so i think a lot of australian women struggle to charge what they're worth especially if everyone else in their industry is undercharging yes it feels like you know we're going to be in that tall poppy syndrome kind of stuff and then I would say then every family has their own money blocks too regardless of how much money you had growing up so a lot of people could have a work hard mentality um, if their if their family were poor or their family were rich yeah. it really has no no difference so it's really about looking looking at what you have decided about money and usually that comes from your family or movies or culture or the country you grew up in um, and I actually say to people, if you can find a mantra or an affirmation that you can use as a pattern interrupter, um, that's going to be that's going to be most of the work. And I'll I'll give you a really good example. I love the affirmation or mantra, "I serve, I deserve." Yeah, I serve, I deserve. It's such an easy one, but I say to people, use this when you're feeling guilty. 
or when you feel like you should over deliver or you feel like um, you, you're not enough or you're not allowed to charge or, you know, people are overstepping your boundaries or whatever it is. It's a pattern interrupter. So you can go, no, I serve, I deserve too. Yeah. Um, and, and you realize that money has to be that beautiful, yeah. beautiful cycle. Part of that. It's really interesting you say that because one thing that I do is when I get to that point, I'm like, hang on a minute. And I go back to what my purpose is and what my why is and I read those statements and it kind of breaks that that vicious cycle that can go round and round. You just need that interrupter that reminds you of what you're here for and what you deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, um, we've also been talking about pricing within our She Will Shine community and we had some questions come up that I'd love to ask you. Um, one of them was, how do we price the value that we add into our products and services? Especially since, you know, overcrowded markets and the international marketplace has really changed the perception of price and value. Okay, so the thing with pricing, this is a really tricky thing for a lot of women because often we want to be told what to charge. <laughs> we want someone to give us the answer. We also think that there must be a formula out there, you know, that can just, we can plug it in and we can go, okay, it's this much value, it's this many PDFs, it's this many videos, it's this many coaching calls, it's this much, this much, this much, and we plug it all in. And that's not true either, unfortunately. Um, the other thing that comes up for women um, around pricing is we think there must be a magical critic-proof price. Yeah. That, oh, I'll just find this sweet spot and then nobody will complain and all of my clients will feel like it's perfect for them. That's not true either. Um, it doesn't matter what you charge. There will always be someone who tells you it's too expensive, even if it's a dollar. Yep. This, this is true. So true. And there will, always, there will always be people who think you're too cheap for the yep. value that you offer. So what's the answer then? Because that's so freaking frustrating. Yeah. Then, isn't it? If you're like, but what should I charge, Denise? Um, the, the honest answer is you've got to think about your target client and, and also what's win-win for you. Yeah. So I actually say to people, you've got to sit with that price because most people know roughly what their range should be anyway. You know it. Um, sit with it and then just increase it by little increments until you, you, you'll feel it inside. You'll yeah. go, oh, that feels exciting yeah. but also doable. Yeah. And I know that sounds really unscientific because people think, but there must be a scientific yeah, they want a formula, there something is. formula that's out there. If I just follow this formula, it's like creating and running a business. It's like if I follow these three steps, surely I'm going to have a successful business. But every business and every person who runs a business is different in that as well. Absolutely. You think of Tony Robbins, right, who I think 20 years ago he t said that he charged a million dollars for coaching. So I'm sure it's like probably 10 million now, right? But you know, is he a million times better than the average coach? I don't know. It depends on who he's coaching, yeah. you know, it depends on what the outcomes are, it depends on who you're coaching to do what. Um, right. Sometimes you can undercharge and your target client actually don't trust the value that they could get from you because they think you're too cheap. It's the perception, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I'm hearing a lot in the last, I think this has come up in the last year or two, where we live in an instant gratification culture, you know? And so I've, I'm hearing people say, oh, well, I can't afford that right now. And I think, well, save up for it. Yeah. You know, I've saved up to do programs that I've wanted to do. I've saved up to work with people that I want to do. So no one's entitled to just get your thing because they want it right now. Um, if that's not, that's right. if that's not a win-win pricing for you. 
That's right. And it's going back to us as kids, you know, you get your pocket money or you do your chores and you save up for something because now it's such a different world. Afterpay and all these sorts of things are out there saying, buy now, buy now, buy now. It's like, no, you can, you can still want it, but save for it and get that to that point. Oh my God. If Afterpay yeah. was around when I was a, a young person, Dangerous. Like, I would have been so much in debt because I got into debt anyway, because I remember I went to buy um, a laptop for uni. Um, this would have been like 99 and the guy was like, oh, we've got this thing called higher purchase, yeah. you know? And he was like, yeah. oh, let's just say your boyfriend pays your rent. And I did not understand that, that concept of, um, of credit. I just wanted it now because one of my friends had it. And I think, you know, you don't have to be available for everyone just because they want your things right now. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, moving on to things around money, mind, a business mindset, I should say. Um, a lot of the women that I know and myself included, and I'm sure the other same, we're so passionate about what we do that sometimes it can cloud those big business decisions because, you know, we're just so involved in it. This is the perfect, we've got to do this, we've got to do it this way. Is there any big decisions that you've had, like big scary decisions in your journey that you can think of where you've kind of really had to step back and say, okay, I love what I'm doing, but this is the way I need to do it. Yes. And what I found was you have to have the right um, advice and support when you're making yeah. those decisions. So I remember when I was, so I was coaching people one-to-one -one and I was meeting them face-to-face. -face. And I remember saying to one of my coaches, I want to take my business online. And, um, and she was like, well, how are you going to find clients? You know? And I was like, Oh, like Facebook. That's how, you know. That's how I want to. That's how I want to have find, find clients. And she was like, "Oh, no, that doesn't work." And I just thought, "Oh." And if I'd listened to her, I would have kept on doing, you know, face to face clients. I would have kept on going to networking events in my town, and I wouldn't have been able to build this big global business. Um, and then I wanted to, um, you know, take my business from one to one to group stuff. And other people have talked, "Oh, you can't do that." And then I remember with uh, my money boot camp, you know, someone's like, we well, have to choose. You've got to launch it or evergreen. And I was like, I'm going to do both. So I'm, I'm not good at people telling me that I can't do stuff. <laughs> you know? And I think that's super important yeah. when you go to, um, to find a coach or a mentor or even a mastermind. You've got to be really mindful that everyone's going to put their own ideas about what you should do. Yeah onto you especially like coaches I did the same thing in my early coaching days I was like just do it like this because this is what it works this yeah is how it works for again me. it's the formula yeah it's the formula it's the yeah. blueprint all of those things but what you've got to do is you've got to look at all those things that work and you've got to shift and change it for your personality and your preferences because otherwise it's unsustainable for you to offer that and a perfect example is um, my book tour that I'm on right at the moment. I'm in, I'm on the Gold Coast at the moment in a hotel. I'm speaking later today. A year and a half ago, I did a book tour and I did it the way that my husband wanted to do it because he was the one helping me to organize it. So it was like in like glitzy hotels and, you know, we did way more than I wanted to do. And it was at night and all of these things. And so for this book tour, I was like, it's during the day. It's during the week. Um, it's at a cinema yeah. and we've got one company to deal with. We're doing it at event cinemas all around the country. Um, I just turn up, the screen's already there. I just ask for a microphone and a glass of water. And again, 
you know, when I was sort of saying, oh, I want it like this, people would say, oh, no, you've got to do it at night. You've got to do it on the weekends. You've got to do it for your clients. And what I realized is if I didn't do this tour in a way that worked for me, it wouldn't have happened. So it's kind of like, hey, guys, like it's this or nothing. And that's exactly (laughs) what your book is about. It's about getting over that hustle and grind and really finding that balance between life and business and making it work for you. But what I sort of think and what I tell women is as well, it's so hard to run a business. Like any business is going to be difficult to run. So why not make it as easy as possible where you can make it as easy as possible? Absolutely. Or you won't yeah. do it. You won't do it. So I'm, I'm mentoring on um, Marie Folio's B-School at the moment and someone was asking, you know, I want to help all these people. I want to help all these people. And I'm like, okay, you can't help everyone. You can't. So find, find the one that's easiest for you. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, but it's unsustainable otherwise. Yeah, that's exactly right. Just do, it, what, do what is easy for you. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit more about your book, Denise? You've sort of scratched the surface, but I know you're launching it around the country, um, Australia, New Zealand. I think you have Queensland, Perth, Melbourne, and Auckland. So I'm hoping to get to the Melbourne one. Oh, yay. So it's really exciting. Um, so can you share a little bit more about what you go into in your book, Chilpreneur? Yes, sure. So I was super keen to write a book for, about business because my other books are about money. And the reason why is because I realized that a lot of the books that I had been reading for my whole life, all those business books, were mostly written by men. Funny that. Who, <laughs> yeah, funny that. Um, some of them didn't have kids, but even if they did have kids, their relationship to business and, and children were very different to mine. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Um, they had a wife to take care of stuff, yeah. basically. So I was like, huh, I... I realized too, I wasn't a real hustle type person. So even a lot of the business books I was reading from women were about go, go, go. And and just, you know, and that's fine. That really works for some people. It didn't work for me and my personality. So I thought, okay, I'll have to write this book. Um, And I actually love there. There seems to be, I think a lot of people felt like that at the same time, because a lot of books are coming out this year about, you know, decluttering and doing one thing and making it easy and all those kind of stuff. Simplifying. simplifying exactly so the book is divided up into marketing chapters um business model mindset money and mission and it's about just designing every part of your business to work for your personality so i give a ton of tips in there scripts and um just lots of practical ways for you to uncover who you are but then to give you permission to build your business that works for for you one word i just no one else I love that you just used there, Denise, was practical because you read a lot of stuff and it's like, oh, this is awesome. And then you're like, yeah, but how am I going to implement this in my life? So something that is practical and simple and just sort of clears the, you know, we're constantly bombarded with so much stuff around us, social media, everywhere we go. So just to kind of cut out the noise, simplify and make it as easy as possible. Yes, exactly. And you know what? everyone resists doing it because you feel like it's cheating. You feel like it's too easy. And sometimes I'll even say to people, you know, what's the most obvious thing you can think of that you could do in your business that actually you don't believe anyone would pay for because it comes too easily for you. And you feel, feel like everyone else knows it, but they probably don't. That's why not make a business out of that. And they're like, Oh no, everyone knows this. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, that's, that's the sort of stuff I talk about in the book. And, 
Um, and what I, what I want to say about this though, is that that is a practice for me too. I still overcomplicate stuff all the time. And also my team overcomplicates stuff. So, you know, I'm always looking at how I can make things easier because I think I'm a naturally lazy person. I'm like ambitious, but lazy. I'm there with you. I can hear you. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've got kids. I'm like, my youngest is 10 months old. You know, I'm like, I don't have the energy to hustle anymore. By one o'clock, I'm done. Like I can't, I can't work, you know, all the hours that I used to work when I was in my twenties. I'm too tired. Yeah, as a constant, as a constant evolution of yourself and your business, like you echo your business echoes who you are. So therefore, it's going to evolve as you evolve as well. Absolutely, but also it's about designing a business that can evolve with you. You know, because so many of us have businesses at the start where, you know, if we're sick, the whole thing collapses. Um, and you've got to build a business that is energy proof in, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways and lifestyle proof. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely sustainable. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us, Denise. If our lovely viewers and listeners would like to find out more of this fabulous tour and join me in Melbourne when I come, um, they can head to denisedt.com forward slash tour. Um, and you can also follow Denise on Facebook and Instagram. Is it at Denise DT? Is that correct? Yep, that's awesome. my, Denise DT is my website. It's yep. my social handles. But yep. I want to ask everyone a favour. Take a screenshot of Danielle and I talking and tag us both on Instagram and tell us an aha, like something that you're actually going to action. Because for me, that's I think that's one of the best bits about the work that I do. When someone goes, oh, I read this in your book and I took action. I'm like, yeah. Yes, that was the purpose of this book. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, such a joy to speak to you this morning, Denise. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about the Shine community for Australian women in small business, head to shewilshine.com.au. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the handle shewilshine.com.au. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes. Join us next time for the She Will Shine podcast.